0: It's Luna, and you're listening to an episode of Annoy TV.
1: That was just a song by the artist Kirinji. One of the two songs that my guest today requested. Her name is Luna. Some of you may know her by her brand name, Chosen Films. Luna is a multimedia artist and really does not like to be confined to one specific thing. She's not a filmmaker, she's not a photographer, she's not a painter, she's everything and nothing all at the same time. That'll make a lot more sense once you hear her talk. Luna is very passionate about telling stories but hyperbolizing them and giving them this unearthly unimaginable twist think adventure time steven universe all those super colorful super poppy shows but that have serious meaning even squid game squid game is another great example it was so much fun talking to luna her perspective was amazing her love for people her love for collaboration and the passion that she really has for her work and the things that she's doing now i'm done it's time to get into the conversation I'll see you on the other side. So today, I am here with one of the most interesting women in the world. Today we have our first female guest on the podcast. Y'all know by now, I like to keep it short and simple. I don't like to take the spotlight away too much. So the first question I got for you is, who are you?
0: I go by Luna and I own a brand called Chosen Films. Recently I learned to not brand myself as a photographer or a filmmaker even though that is what I specialize in. It's just because I would like to consider myself an artist. I like to use my creative direction and I like to use my creative lens. And things that I've learned over the years, just mentally and also just technically, to try to bring a voice to not only myself, but to others.
1: Were you, were you categorizing yourself before as a certain thing? Like, oh, I'm this, I'm this.
0: Yeah. You know, I go to art school and a lot of times you have to pick a major that you graduate in, you try to find like a company job in. And I didn't realize until really recently that in a way that is kind of confinement, you know, because like I may say like I'm learning photography, I'm learning film, but that shouldn't stop me from being interested in like painting and like learning about choreography, set design, like all things like that. And recently I feel like there's been more of a appreciation for artists that mixes media and artists that want to um, use their knowledge and bring a whole new like idea to photography and video.
1: Yeah. The, the multi hyphenate is the, is the word that I see thrown around a lot. Like, Oh, I'm not just, I'm not just an artist, but I'm also a rapper. I'm also a designer, that type of thing. Right. So do you feel it's more liberating to not confine yourself to one specific thing
0: definitely it definitely also I feel like gives people the opportunity to grow and experiment too like you never know what you're talented in and you never know what exactly you'll like and feel passionate about so it's definitely like encouraged me to explore more think outside of the box more which is like what I feel like art is supposed to be about yeah
1: most definitely So before we get into the actual contents of your art and things that you're doing, let's get a little bit of information on you. Let's let's hear what you got going on. So talk to me about, you know, you growing up. What kind of things were you doing? What were you interested in that kind of guided you down this path to to create in this way?
0: For me, that's like a topic I don't even really like tell people in the first meeting just because like I'm so focused on who I am now. But I think growing up, it was a difficult identity just because in the area I grew up, there was no other Koreans, Mm. let alone Korean American. My parents are immigrants and it was very tough seeing the kind of life that they led and they were promised to even come to America in the first place and they come here and it wasn't like that at all. And so I would definitely say that I lived a great life thanks to my parents. And I definitely recognize their struggle and sacrifice for me. In terms of my own personal identity, I really did not have many Korean friends that I could really relate to on a personal level or even just in a cultural level. So I think I always just struggled with like the idea of identity, um, the idea of like a family outside of family. But I think it really has led me to a better path because there's people that I'm so thankful for in my life that aren't Korean, you know, (laughs) that aren't in like any kind of like a specific group that I'm supposed to identify with. So I really do love the people and grateful for them today. That is in my life.
1: Yeah. Going back to your parents. I mean, that's something that not a lot of people have the chance to experience having parents that aren't originally from America. So if it's too deep, feel free not to answer. But what kind of struggles did you see them go through when you were younger
0: a lot I've been telling this a lot to my friends a lot of advice they have given me really rings true today when I'm like trying to navigate my own adult life and it's just I I will have to say this like my my parents did go through a lot of like racial slurs a lot of like mistreatment and they have a very thick and obvious accent and a lot of people took advantage of that back then I think just, like, them really having to go through, like, the shit that America gave them, gave them such a wiser and broader view of life. And a lot of times they'll tell me things and I'll be like, that's not realistic, right? Or they'll tell me things and I'll be like, well, how am I going to make money? Mm -hmm. But they're really, like, focused on, like, you know, the best thing that you can do is be happy. There's not much you can do to really change the environment around you. That takes such a long time and such a long investment. The best thing you can do is make yourself happy because a lot of times a lot of people don't want that for you.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. So what it sounds like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that you were more concerned about making the money and like doing something that was more stable. And they were the ones that were like, no, go chase your dreams. Is that is that an accurate statement?
0: Yeah, I think when I was younger, they almost felt bad because they did put pressure and they were like, Oh, we're struggling so bad because of money. We're struggling so bad at this. And then eventually they just kind of hit a breaking point, right? Because not to get too into it, but um, one of my family members, right? uh, My dad, he went through a very like life-threatening situation. And we were so thankful that he made it out alive. It just completely changed our view on everything it changed our view on what was important and what kind of life we wanted to live because no matter how much money you're looking for or no matter how much money you wish to have like something like life is not something that can be traded for
1: was it was that a moment for you that you were kind of like okay i need to go and get this for myself
0: yeah <laughs> it, it is like a hard balance like trying to have like a career and like you know i always have that little goal of like if I do get rich, it's going to go to me and all my loved ones. Right. Mm -hmm. I think like my parents have really made it very clear that the number one thing they wish for me is to be happy Mm -hmm. and that they don't wish for anything else. And I think I'm very lucky to say that.
1: I, I believe that every parent wants the best for their child. Right. But sometimes they don't see the vision. Right. And even if they don't see the vision, your parents specifically, it sounds like they're still very supportive of the things that you're doing. And as long as you're happy, then they're cool. Now, the one question that I like to ask people is what is a significant or distinct memory that you have from when you were younger that informs the things that you do today?
0: Oh, my dad, when I was younger, I really didn't understand it. I was like, I gotta go for this part-time job because they're offering like 15 an hour. I gotta go for this job because they're offering like $20 an hour, yada, yada, yada. And my dad originally was like, an artist is not a stable career. But then when I decided on being an artist, he really emphasized like, you should invest your time, not sell your time. Mm. And I didn't understand what he meant because I was like, how am I going to afford things? How am I going to like afford a camera if I don't have a job, yada, yada, yada. And he was just genuinely like your time and you as a person is so much more valuable than like a wage an hour. And like the more time that you spend into what you love, the better you'll be at it and the better you'll be able to make money off of that. Yeah. So like my dad was like, yes, you're going to need money, right? But like invest how you're going to make that money. Invest what you're going to use that money for because you are worth so much more than, like, a certain number an hour.
1: What, what was your first job?
0: A Michael's. Okay. Yeah, so I could get that discount on art supplies. And then I got, like, three jobs at a time, because, like, I'm a workaholic sometimes.
1: You're a bag chaser. That's what it sounds yeah, like. Bag yeah. chaser. Because,
0: <laughs> like, I don't know, because I am a little rebellious sometimes, so I'm kind of like, thanks, Dad. But like, <laughs> but, like, I really want the money right now.
1: Re- rebellious in what ways?
0: I would say like, sometimes I feel like, you know, I don't fully agree with American ideals and I don't fully agree with like Korean ideals. I get so determined to try to find my own way or Mm -hmm. try to learn it myself. Like, I know it's just me being stubborn, but I think in the end I can be thankful for like, okay, at least I learned that was wrong or I learned that was right, you know?
1: And I think that's the generation that we're in. You know, it's not so much about these traditional ideals, you know, it's more kind of creating your own narrative and- carving out your own lane. Right. Mm -hmm. So for you, when did art and visual media and whatever else you do, when did that kind of start to come into the fold of your life? And when did you start to uh, kind of play around with those kind of things?
0: I think I just always had like an attachment to art. My parents are great, but uh, they don't really like people. (laughs) They just get kind of like antisocial just because like they don't trust as easily anymore, so when I was growing up, they were like, you're not allowed to go outside of the house. And all I had was like these cartoons and these video games. And like, I was kind of having like an emotional connection to them, you know? Like I was a little kid and I didn't have any other friends. So like, to me, like, Wow Wow Wupsie was really like Word. my best friend. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh my God, you just unlocked that in my mind. I forgot about that. Keep going, keep going. Teen
0: Titans yup. was my emotional support. Yeah,
1: yup. like, <laughs> yo, yo, yo. The original Teen Titans tackles like some real shit.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Like it was a serious show for kids.
0: I know. Her dad was a demon, yes. like a demon lord. Yes. Like that's crazy to yes. think about. Adventure Time, Steven Universe, like all of that, right? And I think just even on a technical level, just like someone honing their skills and like helping out all these like young children or all these people without them even knowing was just so beautiful to me. I think I always knew I like loved art. And I love just, like, the creativity of, like, making something that's so, like, unrealistic. But I also wanted to, like, have that hand-in-hand with helping people, too. Mm -hmm.
1: So so you're into the hyperbole of life, right? Is that what you're kind of thinking? Because I definitely see that in in the work that you do. It's got, like, cartoony, Y2K vibes going, right? Oh, thank you. Is is that an accurate—would you say it's accurate?
0: Yeah, sometimes I really just don't even strive for that. I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to— do what I feel like not only like emphasizes like parts that I find really interesting about this photo shoot and this person I just met but also like man like I just start exploring and I just am like I like this I like this and then my friends will be like that's so Y2K I'm yeah like thank you all right bet. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: favorite cartoon favorite cartoon you listed off a oh. bunch but if you could only choose one
0: dang yeah only one
1: or maybe huh? I won't even box you in like that we'll go Top three. No order, just top three.
0: Oh, okay. Um Avatar the Last Airbender, Classic. I know it's corny.
1: Classic. But
0: it was like the first Asian American like representation. And they do hold like a lot of Asian ideals and culture and they just kinda like mashed it all up in one show. And then Adventure Time.
1: Another classic.
0: pretty easy. And then Teen Titans.
1: You got a favorite character? Favorite character? Not from those shows. Could be any shows, but you got a favorite character that you kind of resonate with.
0: Okay. Okay. When I was younger like robin from teen titans mm-hmm. right like of course we all thought he was hot but like also he was just so like cool to me Word. you know like he was just always on his grind like every time he was like slayed i was like damn <laughs> like i wish i had a passion like that Yo,
1: you know? yo, have you seen the new ones that they made
0: oh uh, i don't want to talk about
1: yeah it. me neither but i remember <laughs> the first time i watched teen titans ago i was like what did they do to this show man I what know. did they they made robin corny as hell right
0: so corny and it was funny when we were making twitter jokes but like now actually seeing like a cartoon version of it i'm like you're ruining yeah, him on yeah on god
1: on god so talk to me about this brand that you have when when did chosen films start to take form what inspired the name the whole backstory of, of chosen
0: I think for a while I struggled with anxiety and just like the idea of like a lot of people when they're looking at artists are like, okay, what have you done? Like, uh, how much have you done? What are you going to do? Right? It's like very much like business-like and I do appreciate that aspect. I'm learning that aspect and I try to implement it now. But when I was first trying to like post my work, it was so nerve-wracking because I used to be like, this isn't enough. Like, am I going to impress people with this? Am I going to attract people with this? And I was so focused on like what other people thought of me and like what other people wanted. And then when I made chosen films, I just always knew I want to make short films. And even though I don't have one out yet, that's what I'm learning. And that's what I'm preparing myself for. And I'm going to uh, just kind of, you know, manifest that with my name, like chosen films. And there's so much I have to thank my family for. And so our family name Cho I just wanted it in there it's it's like kind of corny to me but like you know it's like sentimental yeah yeah. it
1: works it it works I I mean now that you broke it down I think it's dope the way that you spun it you know so did you ever experiment with making short films when you were younger on like your iPhone or did you ever play around with YouTube or anything like that
0: I mean like definitely I have done a couple like for school or just for myself just so I can like uh, practice techniques but my vision has always been like I wanted to make short films with other people when I say like I want to help people like eventually I want to have a production company that is able to do things for people on a larger scale like help people on a larger scale like especially like people that were struggling to raise a family or just people that are struggling in the world i would love to learn more about that and like more effective ways to help as well but short film i just always like love the idea of a bunch of people coming together and bringing out their own talents and all being passionate about a film that's my main vision like working in a group and like bringing a short film together instead of just like doing it on my own yeah
1: Is there any specific stories that you have in mind that you want to tell?
0: Yeah, actually, actually, my friends are always like, (laughs) because I talk way too long about it. But basically, I love like stories that are so unrealistic, but have like a very, you know, real or emotional um, kind of theme to it. You know, like you're like, oh, this just feels so real because it is it is like it doesn't have to be seen through the same kind of lens. It doesn't have to be told in the same kind of way. But there's like basic things that I feel like a lot of people could relate to and feel empathy for, you know? Like, the director of Squid Game, um, he is genius. He is absolutely like beautiful. He actually made a film um, before he made Squid Game and it's called Dogani and it basically means the silence. And um, what I find so admirable about this director is the silence was based off of a true story in Korea. Korea used to be a poor country. It used to it's just relatively new in terms of building itself up in laws and banking systems, like all of that. And it's a true story about how there was this private school for the deaf and mute. And that's why the film is called Silence because these children could not speak, they could not hear, and they were constantly being abused. And they were being abused um, sexually, physically, for their labor. And they were all the way from the ages of like seven to 15 and a lot of them committed suicide and a lot of people didn't know why and the school would always be like it's because we need more funding it's because these kids are so poor and they would take all this money just to abuse these children over and over again and make sure that it would never be found out and then the entire town would be bribed by the money that was being sent to the school and then eventually right a teacher transferred in uh, demanded that the trial would be public you know, so that other people could see like what's going on in the trial. So the trial, even though the judge was bribed, the jury was bribed because it was like broadcasted for once people could hear what was going on. And even then the teachers and the principal was found guilty and they only got six months probation. And there was kids killing themselves. Like to think about killing yourself at the age of seven is incredibly traumatizing and um to think that like people were just like i'm okay with these kids like being treated this way and like killing themselves because it has nothing to do with me like that was such a sad thought and even after that it was like shortly forgot about but the director right he didn't forget about it he created a movie and there's nothing too graphic of course but it has like kids that were actually involved in that in the movie. And he shows it from the point of view of one of the child, like children mm. that attended that school. And a lot of people were like, this is so horrifying. Like, this is so hard to watch. Like, why would you make a movie like this? Like a lot of the audience would just like ball their eyes out. Like, I don't even wanna think about this. And he was like, if you don't even wanna think about it, why do you let it happen, right? Why did you stay silent? You know, like these kids couldn't even speak. They couldn't even hear, but why are we the silent ones, you mm-hmm. know? And then after that, like it changed the whole nation. Like he even had laws like called the Dogani laws and he, it was like named after the movie, right? And it like raised the age of consent, provided more rights for children and for the disabled. And it was just like, it was so mind blowing to see. And then like Squid Game is about the debt problem in Korea. Like there's such a huge debt problem and, like, he did it in such, like, a unique and flashy way that, like, the entire world knows about it now. It's so insane.
1: And it's crazy because, well, I watched Squid Game, obviously, but didn't know that that was the underlying meaning. And, and I can definitely see where you pulled that inspiration for the hyperbolized reality, right? So it's, like, flashy and you got the music and you got the doll turn around and people, you know, getting killed for this money. But under the surface, there is that real message
0: yeah they Um, mention it in the show where they're like some people in depth are like okay i would rather die than to continue living like scum mm -hmm. you know it's crazy that we just let people be treated this way out of a mistake that they feel like they could never come back from it's so sad
1: the ideal film for luna let me guess this is what just from what you told me the ideal film would be something super out there but if you read between the lines, there's like real deal stuff happening. Yeah. That's the ideal film.
0: Always. <laughs>
1: do you do you have something in your mind already for that?
0: I mean, I only know as much as I know now, you know, uh, I wouldn't say I'm like super well knowledged in anything, but I mean, the film I'm doing right now is definitely like a love letter to Columbus and yeah. that like things that I've struggled with and the things that like I feel are happening in the world around me and just like my kind of point of view on it.
1: Yeah. Switching gears a little bit, where does the photography and still image part come into to Chosen?
0: I think it's just that classic symbolism of like a picture is worth a thousand words. I used to be like a painter and I think there's so much that could be said about a still image and I think just like the people, there's so many people that want to have their picture taken you know, they want to be remembered in a certain way and they want to be remembered in good lighting, looking good, you know, feeling good. And I think there's just so many ways to explore that rather than just like a good fit and a good background. Though I just still love that. I feel like there's like a side to people that they really want to explore. Like, could I be something like this or could I be presented in a way that feels like this? And I just want to really meet them in the middle and be like, yeah, you could. <laughs> yeah. And I want to help you do that. Yeah. yeah.
1: So what do you want people to feel when they look at your pictures?
0: I do want them to feel like it's unreal, but using these real people. Sorry, that was such a, like a simple wording, but like genuinely, I want them to feel like a sense of like childlike joy or like a childlike kind of imagination of like, okay, a picture can be so much more than just a click of a button. Mm -hmm. What can I do? And like, how do I really want to present myself for at least a day?
1: So I think that every photographer or every artist in general has their own unique perspective. Obviously, everyone has their own unique perspective on the world. But in the case of artists and photographers and musicians, they use these mediums as a conduit for those perspectives. So in what way do you think your... Mediums portray your unique perspective?
0: I feel like my view on people is always constantly changing, like as it should be. Like something I could be upset about, like three months ago, I could completely be like, well, that was such a long time. Like, I really hope that we both grown since then. So I like to think like that my lens is always changing as mm-hmm. well. I would always like to experiment. So I guess it's like kind of like a snapshot of that photo shoot at that time.
1: Yeah. I like how that kind of goes all the way back to the beginning of the conversation where you know you don't really like to be boxed in to one thing, so Mm -hmm. you're kind of just allowing yourself to evolve and, you know, change with how how you feel, right? Mm -hmm. And another thing you mentioned was that you kind of just happened on this aesthetic that you have, right? Yeah. It was never on purpose.
0: I mean i'm sure some of it was because of the y2k trend and i was like oh yeah that's kind of cool right but yeah it's not really on purpose i but i will say a lot of my biggest inspirations growing up was like japanese animation movies or korean movies and just a lot of like eastern culture tends to be so futuristic or like wild with their art at the time just because they had this like trend not even a trend they thought the world was gonna end and so basically to you know comfort themselves and cope with that they just try to make their style and their art as futuristic as possible just like what would the future be like and what would i like it to be
1: do you think there's something about foreign film that fills a void in american film
0: definitely 100 percent I think there's something to be learned from everywhere. Like I've watched like French films because I took like years of French in high school and my teacher loved French films. I watched like Japanese films, like Korean films, Chinese films. I would definitely think the culture is so different. That's really interesting. Like a lot of like American film, I feel like forgets like the value and just beauty of like regular empathy sometimes. It's tough to say, but, like, a lot of, like, American audiences need, like, something, like, huge and loud (laughs) to get their attention. Explosions. Yeah, and right away, we don't feel that empathy, right? Like, every day we turn on the news and we see, like, 10 people dying. We're like, it's only 10 people. Well, yeah, but that was still 10 people and 10 families and 10 communities and all their friends around them. It's things that we forget about. And in, like, Eastern culture, like, that's something that they can... Forget about, but they do take very seriously. They used to censor guns in Korean media because guns aren't allowed and like, knives aren't allowed cause they might trigger young children, but they would show nudity, right? Like they would not care about like titties being out or like-
1: For, for a movie that a kid could go see.
0: Yeah, for like young teens yeah. or something, you know? Because they're just like, why are we so ashamed of like our bodies, but we're not ashamed of violence? Like, that's so strange. That's something that a lot of foreign culture actually agrees with. Like, I'm sure European culture, like, they're kind of like, okay, so you're not ashamed of, like, your little boys stabbing each other, but you're more ashamed of them seeing each other's penises? Like, Mm -hmm. what are you, like, what you got going on? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely think, especially recently, even us as Americans have looked at what we got going on with a different eye and a different perspective. And I can't even imagine what other countries who have been seeing it go on for years mm-hmm. think like you said it just brings that different perspective that that we're always looking for all right now we've come to the moment talk to me about House of Heartless what is what is this project you got going on
0: oh my god I am super excited House of Heartless is like a love letter to my childhood and the place I was raised, uh, here. Just the things I learned and the things that I feel like I've learned from other people that i met here as well. That's why I, like, I'm like reaching out to a lot of creatives I respect in Columbus or has really helped me out in Columbus. And I really want them to have their little input or their little moment to shine in the film too. But in terms of like the actual film and what it's actually about, so... House of Heartless takes place in a world where it is an option for you to lose your sanity for four years. And the promise is that you'll lose your sanity for four years. And then when you're done, you will never have to worry about a financial burden again. And you'll be back to normal. Right. But it brings up that question of like, what's going to happen in those four years? What's going to happen to my like? people that I knew outside for four years, like what's going to happen in that time? And then not just that, am I really going to be okay when I just spent the last four years being crazy? Like you're really going to send me back out there and think that I'm just going to be perfectly fine because at least now I have money, right? It's just my commentary of like how much we think society revolves around money and how we think it's easy to pay off emotional burdens when it really isn't. Like, it's kind of relating to, like, you know, school (laughs) and, like, going out of state for school or, like, relating to, like, prisons and how we think, like, once an inmate is free that they're just going to live a normal life. But it's so hard for them to do that. And the actual story within that setting of the world is about a character that is outside of the House of Heartless and a character that is inside of the House of Heartless. And they happen to cross paths, an event and it was a moment of luck but he is one of the only and first people to ever just hang out inside of house of heartless and see what it's all about and see like where the lies are where the truths are and the entire time like characters are trying to convince him to join because they don't know the line between like right and wrong good or bad and they're just like oh i mean like is it really so bad to be insane if we're happy in here you know There's a lot of like commentary and um, you'll see like outside of House of Heartless, you'll see like protesters, you'll see propaganda. And that'll be like a cool and fun little way of like my friends, like putting their graphic design in. And then inside of House of Heartless, they all got drip. They all got (laughs) style. They just all prefer wearing like a paper mask. You know, and they're all like origami made and uh, they all prefer to dress in their own crazy way because even in a place of confinement, like that's their only way to express themselves. They just all tend to like that.
1: I can definitely see what you were saying about the hyperbolized commentary Mm -hmm. and I'm very excited to see it all. I'm very excited to see it all come together. But so far up until this point, what has been the most challenging thing for you to create this film?
0: Definitely just the actual like participation. I guess like, you know, Columbus, we have so much more to offer than we think. But it's hard to let like the right people know about it. So, you know, we're still trying to get there. I learned to be not so like pressed for time because I really am passionate about this project that if it does take longer, I want it to be able to take longer. I think it's just like The most difficult part is handling my own private life and then making sure that this film is still okay for the people that do choose to participate in it.
1: It's going to take however long it needs to take to come together, you know, and and obviously just from that explanation of what it is, you are very passionate about it and you can hear it the way that you talk about it. So when was the moment that everything kind of clicked for you that you were like, yeah, this... This is right for me. The things that I'm doing are right for me.
0: I think that moment is a constantly changing thing. I would like to say there was like a time period or like a moment where I was like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I'm on it. But I feel like it's something I'm constantly not sure about. But I'm almost like I feel more comfort in knowing that there is no solid path for me. I just like to pursue whatever I'm feeling and passionate about, and I hope that there's people that can connect with me, yeah,
1: that's dope that's dope, man, because there's so many people that need that stability, right, and they need to know where the next step is gonna go, I'm not saying that you don't worry about that, but being comfortable with that ambiguity, yeah, you know is a nice is a nice feeling to have for sure and and you mentioned before. And this might be another question that you, you kind of answer the same way, but you, you struggled with a sense of self early on. Yeah. Have you have you started to come into your own a little bit and, and in what ways?
0: Oh my God. Yeah. Like, actually, I feel like maybe that's why I'm like so comfortable in ambiguity. I think like definitely just like my struggle with Korean identity. This may be a little personal, right? But like I used to have like the biggest crushes on Asian guys And it would genuinely just be like me being so insecure about my Asian identity that I felt like, well, if I found an Asian guy to love me or for me to love, then that could make me feel less insecure about not just how I look, because I feel like I don't really fit into American beauty standards or Korean beauty standards. Um, but also just, like, who I am as a person, right? Like, if this other person I consider Asian loves me, then maybe, like, I really am an Asian American. But I just learned that there's so much more to myself and to others, and there's so much more to love. Like, is not really something that's so clear-cut and easy like that. That's something I made peace with recently, and I think my identity is not supposed to be something that's, easily labeled or nor anyone else's so
1: it's always changing that's the common theme for this whole conversation everything is always changing nothing is stable
0: and that's okay that is a okay i feel like a lot of people are like when it comes to brands or when it comes to self they get so into themselves and they're like i have to stay the same or like i'm so worried about things changing right but to really be yourself you have to be okay with things changing, because the reason why you were so happy at that time was because you were doing things that made you happy. The same thing is not going to make you happy forever because everything around you is changing.
1: Can't control what you can't control. Yes. Easy enough. Easy enough. What are your favorite images to capture in film, in photos?
0: I like to plan my shoots out a little bit, but I love catching a candid moment that I didn't plan for sometimes like I'll be like oh this is so cute like a lot of my models they know like sometimes like I baby them so much because I'll be like oh you look so good like you look oh you look so cute but like I mean it right like I like if I am planning to do a photo shoot with you and like I'm like so happy you chose me and then I'm also super happy if you're happy with the photos right and I think like a lot of models even no matter how like snobby they could seem or like self-absorbed they can seem like they all go into that field with some kind of insecurity
1: dream shoot if you could have it exactly how you want it how does it look
0: dream shoot with somebody or like dream shoot
1: dream shoot with in general in general can be for the for the person it can be the person the place what it looks like just what does that perfect shot look like in your mind
0: oh i think definitely a large group of people i've like that's such a like a hard medium to attain (laughs) like you know especially for an art piece i would love to have like a planned out shot with like a group of people and almost make it look like a renaissance painting to symbolize something but like i i need a couple minutes to really think that one out but I always wanted to work with like a large group of people for like an art piece
1: so what's next what's next for Luna what's next for Chosen Films what can we expect to see here in the future I'm not even going to put a time on it but just in the future
0: what's next is tackling the parts I'm not really secure about um that I know I need to really work on As someone that's really trying to get into film and television and directing, which is just genuinely making sure I'm okay before I start, like, letting a bunch of other people depend on me. So, you know, getting my money up and not just my funny up. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: You're, you're... Nah, (laughs) nah, nah. nah, You're a bag chaser. We already defined that. We already defined that.
0: Yes. Like, my my dad was right, Um, so I do try to spend my free time still working, but... Yeah, yeah, I'm going to still chase that back. <laughs> hey, got to,
1: got to. All right, we're trying to grow this audience. We're trying to tap in with the people who are making dope stuff, who are representing dope things. Because of that, now that you know that, who else should we have on the podcast?
0: Ooh, is this going to be put on the podcast mm-hmm. as well? Yep. Dang. There are so many artists I can name.
1: Give me, give me a few. It doesn't oh. mean have to be just one.
0: Okay, okay. I guess I would have to start with my number one best friend Isaiah you may have heard of his brand Suburbia I think he's definitely one of the people I've not only inspires me he like told me that he wins from me but I think we're so lucky to be able to say that we inspire and learn from each other and like we've seen each other grow through so many artistic things like he's done so much more than just like fashion he's done like graphic design, photo shoots, creative direction and i just see so much in his future and just the genuine like genuine appreciation he shows to the artists he works with as well. He's wow. Also his art is just really good too. Like <laughs> i can't even lie about that. 9 she also goes by Nina. Uh, her Instagram is 789a. She is a multimedia artist and she Also draws a lot of inspiration from like the, you know, traditional like art exhibitions and just having that whole atmosphere and having a space uh, where artists can come enjoy and present their art. And so she has taught me so much about that side and she is always learning Always willing to talk to people. Man, I love her voice. I love the way she speaks. I really feel like just even sitting in a room with her before she even shows you like any of her dope ass art. Like you're like, oh my God, this is an artist I'm talking to. Praise, uh, also known as Pegnosis. He um, also is in that like you know artists where he is dabbling in whatever interests him and his work is so unique to him and even though everyone knows him because his work is so unique and so consistent he encourages like people to take whatever inspires them he doesn't believe in like art copying each other because art always had to come from somewhere and so I think it's just like Is beautiful because people see his art as so individualistic, but his mindset and how he treats people is very loving and is very like connecting. So he's also an amazing person to talk to. Um, I also another one of my best friends is Lexi. Um, Her Instagram is sincerely love Lexi, and she is currently has a brand called Sunny Media. It started off with an idea as a magazine for Columbus creatives, and then it. Overall, evolved to like what she really loves about other people and what she really loves about um, artists and their work. You know, it's just kind of like the empathetic side of art before the project, during nice. the project, after the
1: project. All that,
0: all of that, and she she wants to not only be there to support artists and showcase them, but she wants people to really be able to connect with the artists in the scene as well. So she is someone like very, a very beautiful mindset and she is so like comforting to be around. And so I really respect her work and I think it's so reflective of who she is too.
1: And you got ahead of me a little bit, but I'm gonna I'm pose it to you anyway, just in case you have more people you wanna say. This is your time to shout out whoever you wanna shout out. The list can be as long or as short as you'd like. Open mic, go ahead.
0: God, there is so many creators I met in the Columbus community that I feel like have like helped me grow in so many ways. Like I really wish I could like, you know, sit here and talk for like an hour just about how much I love them. But another one is uh, Invanity. It, like, consists of, like, uh, Lola and James. And they're both, like, uh, creative and amazing people on their own, right? And I think it's so beautiful, like, just the way that they really believed in me before I really, like, got somewhere with Chosen Films and, like, how many opportunities they've given to creatives in Columbus. Like, a lot of creatives in Columbus have been, like... In Vanity is so, like, sweet. Like, In Vanity is so, like kind because like they'll reach out and then they'll make sure that we feel appreciated you know in our work that we've done and that's a hard thing to come by respect in Columbus community you know a lot of people can show love but it's hard to show respect Mm. and yeah and they're doing amazing things I think another thing I love about them is that they had their brand they had their time to make um, something that they would be remembered for and now that they have this brand they're like We want to experiment. We want to grow too. I think that's just such a common mindset to have nowadays, but I think it's really beautiful that we are so open to change. I really love them and appreciate them. And like the many times that my friends and I have visited New York, they've always been like, do you need any help? Like, do you want to meet up? And that is just like so comforting, especially in a city where you're not familiar with. So shout out to them. They deserve every love and support they get and then shout out to my other Asian photographers to Brian he goes by bfans on Instagram and then uh Fendi <laughs> he goes by Fendi my ho um <laughs> on Instagram too and they are Asian photographers just like me but they're definitely one of the first Uh, people to show me mad support and love and they were people that like always made me feel included and welcomed and whenever I showed up to a Davi event as a photographer and I think like also like they're like my Asian brothers because they they definitely did not know that um I grew up like without having very many Asian friends so I think like they probably didn't know the impact that they had on me but it was just so like you know, beautiful to feel like respect and love from like someone that's also Asian and also a photographer. Shout out to them. Just like from the conversations I had with them, like they have so much going on for themselves and like so much that they love to support the people around them too. And another person I really have to recommend and shout out is Janai and her brand is Grass. Um, she also has an Instagram tag called Generica Badu. I really thought her name was Erica for a second. Um, that was my bad, but, (laughs) but her name is Janai and it's so important to remember because her brand grass is really representative of like going back to the earth and the environment around you. So her brand is not only very ethically made. Um, she even like puts it in like reusable containers with like homegrown moss, um, she is very much into like giving back to the planet that holds us and I love so much what her brand stand for and she is currently working on a lot of like lifestyle things and environmental things that we could use in our lives that is so much healthier not only for us but for our planet and I, I don't know I think what she's working on is very important and I love her so bad <laughs> so yeah
1: well i got one more question for you but before i say that once again i appreciate you so much for taking the time to do this you're a beautiful mind a beautiful creative and i'm excited to see everything that you got going on you definitely have a fan in me now a supporter in me now so i'll be i'll be watching along the journey and hopefully you can put together a house of heartless premiere And we can all come and watch it and check it out. I know it. I know it. I know it. We gotta get that going. We gotta get that going. All right. Last question. I need a quick answer. Don't think on it too hard. If you only had one meal left to eat, what are you eating? Oh my god. One meal. What you got?
0: Oh my god. So it's a meal. I can have multiple things.
1: Not like one main dish. (gasps) One main dish.
0: Oh my god. (laughs)
1: Sushi. Sushi? What kind?
0: It's so basic. The sushi. What kind? Any kind of sushi. I love sushi.
1: Just sushi. So if yeah. they brought it on a plate, it'd just be sushi? Yeah. All right. You wouldn't care what kind? No. None at all? And there you have it, the Luna, a.k.a. Chosen Films interview. Once again, I want to thank her so much for taking the time to talk with me. And as always, she got a fan of me. She got a supporter in me now. I'm so excited to see the evolution that she has in store. In terms of House of Heartless, she is still looking for people. So if you're out there and you want to act in her film, go to her Instagram, Chosen Films, and put your name in. Go ahead, try it. Just try it. See what happens. I know some of y'all want to make your actorial debut. So put your name in the game. Put your name in the game. But that's it for me, man. Until next time, make sure you guys go check out AnnoyedTV.com for all the other episodes and blog posts that we got coming up. Follow us on Instagram at Annoyed.tv for all updates and just stay blessed. Once again, I'm Jason Megacy and you're listening to Annoyed TV. We're going out with the song Fontanelle. I think that's how you say it fontanelle by earth eater the second song that luna requested